Bible, Numbers, chapter 24. This is that. Oh, wow, that makes a difference. I got new. I had my annual eye exam and got new contacts today. And, man, I can see everything just fine here. Man, that's, that's better. <laughs> there is an adjustment made. All right, Numbers 24, verse uh, 14. This is the interesting case of Balaam, who was a prophet. I'm talking about God met with him and gave him prophecies, and they were right and they were accurate, and yet he gets in trouble and gets killed by God's people for opposing them. Listen, you'd better stay true and faithful to God. Now, some of that is explained by the fact it's in the Old Testament. The death of the testator hasn't happened, and the New Testament's not in effect, and some different things are going in the Old Testament. But there's some, new, there's some New Testament lessons we can learn from it. You better stay close to God. Just because you're doing well right now doesn't mean that you'll always be in fellowship with Him. Amen. You can, do, you can have some fallings out. There's more than one Christian who's had a falling out with God yes. and turned on Him. And let me tell you who the last enemy you want to have is God. Yes. Many times we make some of our decisions because it makes somebody in the family or somebody in business or somebody with some power down here on earth mad. Let me tell you somebody worse than that to make mad. God. Amen. Balaam's making friends with some people in high places in this story. And he ends up just killed like anybody else. Why? Because he didn't keep friends with the most important one and the highest one. Alright, Numbers chapter 24, verse 14. And now behold, I go unto my people. Come therefore and I will advertise thee what this people shall do to thy people in the latter days. And he took up his parable and said, Balaam the son of Beor hath said, and the man whose eyes are open hath said, He hath said, which heard the words of God and knew the knowledge of the Most High, which saw the vision of the Almighty falling into a trance, but having his eyes open. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab, and destroy all the children of Sheth. And Edom shall be a possession. Seir also shall be a possession for his enemies, and Israel shall do valiantly. Out of Jacob shall come he that shall have dominion, and shall destroy him that remaineth of the city. And when he looked on Amalek, he took up his parable, and said, Amalek was the first of the nations, but his latter end shall be that he perish forever. And he looked on the Kenites and took up his parable and said, Strong is thy dwelling place, and thou puttest thy nest in a rock. Nevertheless, the Kenites shall be wasted until Asher shall carry thee away captive. And he took up his parable and said, Alas, who shall live when God doeth this? And ships shall come from the coast of Chittim and shall afflict Asher and shall afflict Eber, and he also shall perish forever. And Balaam rose up and went and returned to his place, and Balak also went his way. So here is Balaam giving a good prophecy and he blesses Israel and he condemns the nations that have paid him to prophesy and yet, a little bit later, we read that he's killed right along with the enemies of God. Now what happened? What happened where he seems to be standing so well here and faithfully proclaiming God's message and then all of a sudden he falls? That's what I'm going to look into. And there are plenty of Christians in the Bible Belt that need to consider these things. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray you come down and bear witness to the truth of your word. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us not turn to be your enemies. And 
Lord, we know that we won't lose our salvation because that was all paid for and taken care of by the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, the shedding of his blood and the resurrection. If we believed on that, we're saved eternally. But we can sure lose our blessing and we can sure lose our power and we can sure lose our testimony and we can sure lose our joy. And way too many Christians have, especially in these last days. God, give us some lessons that help us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I want to preach this morning on why Balaam was not afraid to oppose God. And I want to say this. Comfort with compromise leads to enmity with God. Amen. Comfort with compromise eventually leads to enmity with God. I have noticed over the course of my life, and I'm still in my I'm still in my early to mid 50s, I guess you would say, that we are getting more and more comfortable compromising with the world. That's true. The way Christians looked when I was a little boy is way different than the way Christians look now. There has been apostasy. There has been a great falling away. We're not the same we used to be. We had better look out. It used to be we understood this concept of separation. The old-time fundamentalists were not perfect, and I could list my—I could list a lot of their errors with anybody because I was born among them, and we're, we're not born among them, I don't guess, but raised among them from a very young age. I know them very well, but they did understand that we are supposed to be different and separate from the world. Yeah. Love lost souls, reach out for lost souls, but be completely different than them. Not so anymore. We're on the same Instagram they are. We're on the same Snapchat they are. We're on the same TikTok they are. We're looking at the same dirty pictures and listening to the same dirty music and the same dirty language they are. And dressed just like, we're like them in every, I better not say every way, but way too many ways. Something is wrong. We lost something from just my lifetime. And in the, in the perspective of history, my 50-year lifespan isn't all that big. How did we lose so much so quick? Why do we not know this? Comfort with compromise leads to enmity with God. Friendship of the world, what does the Bible say, is enmity with God. Not concern for the world, that's, that's taught in the Bible. Not burden for the world, that's taught in the Bible in the sense of the individuals that we know. But friendship of the world is enmity with God. They hate Him. We've tried to illustrate this before. What if you have a good friend and yet you know somebody that is out to hurt them, would literally physically beat them if they could? and steal from them and break up their family and mess them up in any way they could. That is what this world thinks of your Jesus. That's true. They literally and physically beat him. They spiritually and figuratively beat him any chance they get right now. They are not your friends. The old hymn writer knew this and wrote in that famous song, Is this vile world a friend to grace to help me on to God? No! No! Now, have a burden for individuals. Have an outreach to individuals. Care, love individuals. 
But the world as a whole is against God. You say, but doesn't the verse say, for God so loved the world? Yes, loved, past tense, that he gave his only begotten son. Let me tell you where the world gets the love of God. At the cross of Jesus Christ. Right. If they're not at the cross of Jesus Christ, them and God are not in a love relationship. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He doesn't just love them in all in every area. He loved them in that he gave his only begotten son. Yeah. That's the one place they can get to him. He's holy and they're sinful. You know what he says to them outside of that? Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire. That's right. Okay, that's a different setting. At the cross, it's love. Outside of the cross, it's depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. Amen. Do you see the difference? Yeah. Two different places, two different contexts. Learn, to learn context. At the cross, God loved the world. Everywhere else, depart from me. <laughs> Friendship of the world is enmity with God. Now, you've got to admit... What in the world could he give more than the lifeblood of his only begotten son? That is love. Don't think that because he says, depart from me, ye cursed, he doesn't love them. My goodness, what else could he do to prove it? Amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah. But if they absolutely refuse him, that's on them, not him. Right. Jesus said, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. But if they refuse to come and don't want it, he does let us have free will, does he not? Amen. All right, now Balaam here is the opposite of uh, somebody that stayed true to God. Now, I'm not bragging on Israel. You know Israel's story in the Old Testament. They were up and down and messed around with people of other gods and worshipped other gods from time to time and got in trouble and punishment and everything. But Balaam leaves them and doesn't stay with them. And helps God's enemies. And we'll show you exactly and more specifically how he did that a little bit later. But probably the largest reason for his duplicity uh, was the fact that he loved money. Second Peter 2 says, Some have forsaken the right way and are gone astray following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked for his iniquity, the dumb ass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. Remember his ass or donkey spoke to him in that Sunday school story we've all heard? Um, John chapter 12, for they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. was another reason. Uh, no man can serve two masters. You cannot serve God and mammon. 1 Timothy chapter 6, the love of money is the root of all evil. While some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So number one was probably his love of money. His fear of man and desire to please man was another one. Um, here in the book of Numbers, look back at chapter 22, just a minute. Look at verse 6. Come now, therefore, I pray thee, curse me this people, for they are too mighty for me. Peradventure I shall prevail, that we may smite them, and that I may drive them out of the land. For I wot that whom thou blessest is blessed, and he whom thou cursest is cursed. So he bragged on Balaam there, told him, man, I've noticed, man, what you say comes to pass. You're it, man. you got some power. you got some ability. you got some magic. Whatever you want to call it, you got it, man. A lot of times people can brag on us and flatter us. Look out for flattery. Yes. And all of a sudden we want to please them. Hey, be more worried about pleasing God. Amen. The devil has a lot of tricks in his arsenal. 
one of the things he'll do is have somebody come and flatter you. They'll either tell you how good looking you are or how smart you are or how talented you are. And next thing you know, you're just falling all over yourself just to please yes. them because it felt so good for them to brag on you. We're all human. We all got some of this. I think we all understand this. But God needs to come first. Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man bringeth a snare. I already referred to John 12, they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Galatians 1.10, for do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. If what you do is popular, if the big crowds throng you, you're not a servant of Christ. Paul had sm relatively small crowds. When there was a big crowd, it's because they were there to hang him. <laughs> it's because they were there to stone him. It's because they were there to oppose him. You're not going to be the big guy with the thousands and thousands following you, especially in these last days. But Balaam ended up making both God and man angry. He had the people that had hired him all mad that he wouldn't curse them better, and he had God mad that he wouldn't obey him. Listen, at least pick one or the other. Don't end up with both of them mad at you and beating you up. And of course, you know I'm going to say, pick God. He's the one that will do you good for eternity. Amen. But be that as it may, he's trying to please both sides and ended up making both sides mad. That is what's going to happen. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Because I promise you, as long as you keep trying to do it, well, I want to be a good Christian, but I don't want to make the people mad that hate God either. You know, I, I want to be a good witness. You're going to have to pick a side. Yeah, that doesn't mean you don't love that individual. But not everybody's going to be happy with you. How about the Lord Jesus? Was everybody tickled to death with him? How about the Apostle Paul, our pattern? Was everybody tickled to death with him? No, you're going to have to pick sides. So this Balaam loved that positive-minded manipulation. And let's look at some ways that he did. All right, the first thing I notice about Balaam, and we'll go back in this story. I'll, I'll, I'll review it just briefly. If it's been years since you heard it, you might need this. Uh, Balaam, as you know, was hired by Balak, an enemy of Israel, to come and curse people because he noticed that whoever he blessed, all these blessings came on him, and whoever he cursed, all these terrible things happened to him. He said, I know, well, I'll just hire this guy to do one of his little magic spells or whatever you want to call it and curse these people, and I'll win. And I'll, I'll be so enriched by this, I can pay him whatever he wants. Any amount of money he wants, I'll pay him if he'll just curse him. And Balaam said, no, I can't do that. Let me go talk to the Lord. And the Lord said, no, no, can't do it. And so he came back to him and said, well, I can't, but let me think about it, and I'll talk to you again in the morning. And the Lord appeared to him at night and said, don't, don't you do it unless they call for you. Don't you go with them. And he says he woke up the next morning and just went with them. Didn't even wait for them to call. Just totally disobeyed God and went on and was taking their rewards and let them, let them pay his way and did all these things. Now, when it came time to actually pronounce his curse, I will admit, he stayed faithful to God and blessed Israel and would not curse them. He did. I'll give him that much. And he did it at least three times. And blessed them and blessed them and blessed them. But then all of a sudden, the next chapter or so, we find out that he was killed right with the enemies of God. And we find yeah. out later in the Bible why that was. Right. Find out that's what right. he did that's not given originally in the narrative, and we'll get to that. So with that background, let's look at the things that uh, Balaam did. Number one, he sounded principled while trying to please God's enemies. 
He was trying to hold on to his principles and still please God's enemies because he didn't want to make them mad either. You know, he had to live in this town. I've had some people before who wanted to please both sides say, hey, i got to live in this town, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, let me tell you something more important than that. you got to live with God. That's, That's more important than living in this town. Yeah. Or whatever town you live in. Uh, look at Numbers chapter 22. Look at verse... 13, and Balaam rose up in the morning and said unto the princes of Balak, Get you into your land, for the Lord refuseth to give me leave to go with you. Well, amen. He told them straight up. That's pretty good. But then look at verse 18. And Balaam answered and said unto the servants of Balak, If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. Well, that's good. He told them to get out of here and said, I don't care if he gives me the whole house full of silver and gold. I mean, I got to admit, I'd like to have a house full of silver and gold. And he said, if they offer me that, I can't even go. That's pretty good. But then look down at verse 19. Now, therefore, I pray you, tarry ye also here this night, that I may know what the Lord will say unto me more. Uh-oh. You know when one of the first signs that you're starting to compromise? When you say, well, let's put off making a decision too quickly. Let's take another night and think about it. I'm not talking about taking a night to think about and look into something that you honestly don't know. Okay, sometimes that's wise. But when God's given you a clear answer, he did in verse 12, Thou shalt not go with them, thou shalt not curse the people, they are blessed. There's his three-point message. Don't go with them, don't uh, curse the people, they are blessed. Right. He has a clear answer. Amen. And he even gives it to him in verse 13. But then he says, well, let's stay another night and I'll get back with you in the morning after I've thought about it more. You get messing around with somebody you don't need to be messing around with and you want to tell, oh, no, I'm a Christian. I ain't going to do what you're wanting me to do here. I'm not going to smoke that or drink that or mess around with that particular uh, little thing you're trying to get me to do. But let's talk about it again tomorrow. Uh-oh. Somebody's not making a clear decision. One thing I liked when I was growing up, the Nancy Reagan was the president's wife at the time, and she had a campaign against drugs that said, just say no. When it comes to somebody, when it comes to somebody trying to get you to just do something that's just dead wrong, just say no. Don't do it. But he, he sits and thinks about it more. And I could give more examples, but I'm taking too much time. He sounded principled while trying to please God's enemies. Make no mistake about it. When they're trying to get you to sin, they're an enemy of God. Yes. Just say no. Amen. You say, but if I do, I'll never get a girlfriend, or I'll never get a boyfriend, or I'll never be in the cool crowd, or I'll never get the promotion at work, or I'll never get... It's better to have the friendship of God. Amen. That is Amen. way more important. He'll get you better promotions. He'll get you better marriage. He'll get you better everything in this world. Keep the friendship of God above all things. And if you do have your family cost you staying faithful to God, He'll bless you for it. Amen. He sounded principled while trying to please God's enemies. Secondly, He asked God, but ignored much, much of the message. Uh, look at Numbers 22 again. I've referred to it already, but verse 12 says, And God said unto Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them, thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. 
And Balaam rose up in the morning and said unto the princes of Balak, Get you into your land, for the Lord refuses to give me leave to go with you. All right, well, that was point one. What about I can't curse them? What about they are blessed? Why did you leave out two-thirds of your message? As long as he said, well, I'm 